Hello, believers. This is Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast, the podcast all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. And so before we jump into our series finale, the Liar Liar series finale, I have to give some major shout outs, thank yous, kudos. I appreciate yous to all of you, my listeners, because as of today, we have reached 10,000 downloads. So we hit our goal of 10,000 downloads three months after launch. I am ecstatic about it. I'm so blessed and humbled and honored that you would give of your time out of your busy week and out of everything that is going on in the world right now to listen and to share and to review. I just appreciate it so much from the bottom of my heart. So thank you so much for being a part of that. Thank you so much for sharing this content. Thank you for those of you who came over from the Believing Bigger Days. I just, I don't have enough words in my vocabulary to express the depths of my gratitude. So thank you so much. Now, last week we were with therapist Lauren Michelle Jackson of Cultivate Your Essence. And we did a deep dive into the ceiling that we put on ourselves and how we limit ourselves with our beliefs. And so today we're going to finish that conversation with our emotions. And there are some real gems in this episode. This episode is a little bit shorter than the previous one, but trust me, it is valuable nonetheless. I mean, (laughs) Lauren is really dropping dimes. And so Make sure that you go and show her some love over at Cultivate Your Essence on all social media platforms. And if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, all that good stuff, you know, you guys can always find me at Dr. Shante Says on all social media platforms. And here is the finale of the Liar Liar series. Enjoy. Let's pivot over to the other side of this, which is the emotions. Okay. So you are a mental health professional. You're a therapist. And... Whenever somebody calls me and says, hey, how you doing? I always take a pause because what I used to say was, I'm cool. I'm good. It's it's all good. What's up with you? Like, in other words, it was this, this, this shtick, right? Like this canned response, my go-to response to deflect. So I'm saying, oh, I'm good. Like, let me just shut this down so that we can get to either what you really called about, or we can get to, you know, what's going on in your life. But a lot of times, especially in, in a day like like we are living in right now, when it's clear that lots of people are just not okay, yeah. even if you have a roof over your head, even if you have food in the fridge, the dynamics of this are very jarring and they're very disconcerting. And a lot of people are still going around saying, I'm okay. So from your perspective, where is that coming from? This not being honest about our emotions and not this unwillingness to be really vulnerable. Where is that coming from? I think a lot of times we often wonder if I'm being honest, how is that going to be received? Sometimes we assume other people don't know how to hold space for us. And so a lot of times we isolate ourselves, not necessarily because we want to, but because we don't know necessarily how. If you really look at, you know, when we honor, you know, that question, how are we feeling? How are you doing? Sometimes we honestly just don't know. And then it's not the status quo just to sit here and say, I'm not doing well. I'm not okay. And I'm not really sure what's going on. And so that creates another anxiety for ourselves, again, unconsciously. But a lot of times we just don't recognize that. I remember 
on Facebook, I started this um, whole support group for everybody that, you know, since we were in shelter in place and it's still going on. And in the first couple of weeks, it was kind of like we were going strong, going strong, going strong. But then we had to take two weeks off. And it was like every day there was a Facebook live. I was able to get a lot of people in. And I remember one of my friends, she called me because she was going to be a guest speaker on the Facebook live. And she was just like, how are you doing for real? And I kind of knew with this particular friend, whenever she asked that, I was like, Lord, please just let me get through this conversation. I really just don't feel like breaking down today. But then when she asked me that, and then she saw that I was giving vague responses, she said, you know, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. you really, um, you give out a lot. You're a support for a lot of people. And that takes a lot of energy. And you're not superwoman. And you have a really good support system, but you do not utilize us. And it was like all the tears, all the things that I had been holding inside just the came ugly out. cry. Oh, I had to pull my car over. I was like, Lord, <laughs> Jesus, really? Really? Um, and, and especially for us that are mental health therapists, we, we a lot of times, nobody really checks in on us either, except for if you have other mental health friends that are in the field too. So it was kind of like, I think we internalize all these emotions. One, we don't recognize that we're doing it. Two, it's become such a norm because again, society wise, nobody wants to hear that. Everybody wants to keep up this whole, I'm good, I'm great, let's keep moving forward, let's stay in the positive. And there's a dangerousness around that whole um, toxic positivity because life is not always sunshine gumdrops look outside that's not the case so when we're constantly living in this state of well I'd rather look at it half um, full than half empty you're not fully acknowledging all your emotions that you're truly feeling and the problem is we internalize that so much that when they come out we don't get to manage how they come out they just come out because it's kind of like You've been suppressing us for so long. When we see an inch, we're going to take a whole mile. So, you know, I think a big part of that, again, is we don't recognize that we've been doing that. And I honestly think that goes back to the conditioning. You know, how many times did we find out things that were happening, like, in our family dynamics, and we didn't find out till later on till something tragic happens? And we was like, so you've been carrying this all this mm-hmm. time, and we didn't know? Mm-hmm. We couldn't support you through that time? I think about people who pass away, and nobody knew they were sick. So you mean to tell me you went through this whole thing by yourself, worrying about how it was going to affect other people, worrying about how this was going to work out, or just maybe, again, so overwhelmed within yourself, you wasn't able just to say, I'm not okay, and be okay with that, because we're not taught that that's okay. We're not taught that. I I, I think I can vividly remember, especially my mom, always like, you know, God has been too good. God, It's like, okay, I recognize that, mom. I do. I, I promise you I do. I promise you I I do. But at the same time, life continues to happen. And nobody is exempt from experiencing life. So you have to give yourself that permission to be however way you need to be. I think we judge our emotions so much that we say, this is a good emotion. That's a bad emotion. No, our emotions are just there. They're beings, if you really look at it, to let us know, hey, pay attention to this. Hey, Red line, let's slow down and really reflect on this. Hey, you're doing good. Keep going. Hey, caution. Be, be careful. They're beings. And a lot of times we place judgment on things that are temporary. So they're there just for you to say, hey, give caution to whatever's coming up. 
but then still continue to proceed. Woo child. You know, you, your mom, I could totally see that because a lot of times, especially in our community, especially if you're coming from the black church community, blessed and highly favored, you know, and it's like, yes, I get that. Praise the Lord, saints. Mm -hmm. At the same time, (laughs) there are these other things happening uh, in the foreground and in the background that I don't feel good about. And I think, so I'm going to push your therapist hat a little bit on two things. I think what you're talking about, sometimes people suffer in silence or just kind of suck it up and soldier on. Yes, that is conditioning. But I also think that there is this notion, especially in our community, that uh, Black women, for sure, we don't want to be a burden to somebody else. We don't want to burden other people with our problems because that goes against all our manifesto. Our manifesto is we can take a lick and keep on ticking and ain't I a woman and, and all of that. And it's like, no. So I just, I, I will say this and I will go on record and say this. And if I lose listeners behind this, then I will lose listeners behind this. But that whole strong black woman motif, that ain't it. That, that whole superwoman with the S on your chest, that ain't it. I know too much at this point. I know too much about that. You yep. are not a, a, a wonder woman. You are, you might be a wonderful woman, <laughs> But you're not a wonder woman. You know, God has wonder work in power, you know, so there are things that we can do and operate in the natural. And then that's where the supernatural comes in because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It says it makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered because sometimes you be so down, you can't even get the words together to pray for yourself. And so the Holy Spirit says, I got this. I know what you're feeling. I'm going to take this request on your behalf. So part of it is not wanting to be a burden to other people because we've been conditioned that that's a no-no. And then the second thing is I want to ask you about what does it mean to hold space for somebody? Because if I say, you know, Lauren says, hey, Dr. Shante, how you doing? And I'm like, you know what? If I'm being honest with you, not great. A lot of people do not know what to do at that point. if Because they were expecting to hear, fine. They were expecting to hear, oh, I'm good. And so when they hear something else, when they hear the truth, they're like, crickets. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what to do with that. I don't want to pry. Should I ask what's going on? And like, I don't know what to do. And so people tend not to, to share because they don't want to put somebody else in a position to make it awkward. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It it makes wholehearted sense. I think the biggest thing is you have to be able when I okay let me put it this way when I mean give space a lot of times I'm not asking you to fix anything I'm not asking you to give advice I'm just asking you to be present with that person so if you know somebody says hey I'm not doing that great acknowledge that hey what's really going on validate their emotion saying I'm sorry that that's that's how you're feeling right now you know do you feel comfortable talking about it do you need me to be a listening ear. What is it that you need? How can I help you? Because I think a lot of times we think that we have to just come in and fix. No, 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 no. Sometimes just ask that person because the validation alone could be enough, but you got to ask somebody what they need. And that person has to tell you and teach you how to support them. And I think that just comes into when we're talking about developing healthy relationships, sometimes just being a listening ear goes a long way. I'll sit in sessions sometimes and my clients just have so much to vent about. I just let them go. I'm like, okay, keep going, keep going. You, you need some more space, get it out. Or sometimes it's kind of just like, you know, the emotions are so overwhelming. 
sometimes sitting in silence and making space for them to feel or just be present with them in that way. I think the biggest thing is you have to ask that person, how can I help? Or what is it that you need from me in this moment? Because that way you're giving that other person permission to feel or show up the way they need to versus putting them at a, like a defense saying, well, here, this is another reason why I don't share because nobody really cares. And in particular for us as black women, we have been, um, it's unfair and it's unrealistic the way that we have been taught that we're supposed to be strong and we're supposed to do this and we're not supposed to be vulnerable or weak or that um, that's coming off as um, um, we're less than from that standpoint. It's unrealistic. We're human. Or needy. Yes, we're human. And so with that being the case, it's kind of like allow us to know that it's safe for us to take that guard off and to just show up and be whoever we need to be in those moments. And, and I really have to put, put this into perspective too. For that person who's not okay, one, once you see somebody is trying to create space, do not run away from that. Do not shut them down. Don't, don't, don't push them away and say, no, it's okay, I'll figure it out. No, because you're defeating that purpose and you're teaching them again. When they don't check back in, it's because you've taught them that you don't want that type. That is the way you want support. And in, in all honesty, you probably don't want it that way. So you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to share what does support look like, specifically for you, not the way you think it's supposed to be. What does it look like for you? Because like we said, the way support looks like for me is going to be different for how it looks like for you. So I need you to be okay with this is what it looks like. Can you do that? And also be mindful. Everybody can't show up for you the way you need them to. So, you know, we Preach. got people Preach in our now. lives that can do certain things. I can't go to my mom about certain things because I already know how she's going to come. So I might go to my aunt. I might go to my girlfriend. I might go to my big sis because each one gives a different strength that I may need. We sometimes look to one person to give us everything that we need. And that's not even fair because they or may realistic or realistic, you know, because they may not be able to give you that, especially if they working on their own stuff. So it's knowing who's within your support system, who you can lean on for certain things. I, I had an actual experience where <laughs> this is bad, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, <laughs> one of my friends, she texted me. She was like, well, hey, sis, how are you? I said, I am mo emotionally exhausted. I did not hear back from that friend for like two weeks later. Oh, right. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, and that's what it was. Like, I wasn't expecting that. I exactly. don't know what to do with that. Um, exactly. Or sometimes they might read that as, oh, well, if you're exhausted, then continuing this conversation is a burden, but I, I don't want to lose what you just said. So listeners, Lauren really just gave a clinic on what it means to really hold space for people. It's not our job to fix, okay? It's, it's not our job to save. Jesus saves, okay? And it's not our job to change. I didn't make, I've, I, even though God allowed me to bring life through this body, I did not make my child. That's God's child. And so if anything is going to change in her, I have to take that to God because God can 
arrange things in such a way to facilitate the kind of change that needs to happen in her life. So it's not my job to change. It's not my job to fix. But holding space means being present with that person. And that's the thing. When that person is being vulnerable enough with you to say, I'm hurting or I'm not okay, what that requires in holding space is now you have to be vulnerable enough with them to sit in it with them, to sit in the, in the pit with them and say, okay, I'm here. I I'm open to receive that. And just ask, as Lauren said, what they need, because let me tell you the other side of that coin. And I have been guilty of this and it has come back and slapped me so many times in the face. And I said, okay, I need to take ownership because I created this monster. So I'm one of those people that I, I'm an emotional regulator. I don't share. I don't, you know, I'll deal with it. I'll fix it. I independent woman. Right. And so when people stopped asking me how I was doing and instead started asking me, Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? Hey, can you go here? Hey, can you go there? Since you're so able and you're so capable and you're so strong and you're so agile and you so got it together, I'm going to stop asking how you're doing because every time I ask you, you're okay. You're superwoman. So since you're so strong, can you do these other things for me? And baby, I got so resentful. I'm like, the only time you call me is when you want something. But I had to, to, to take ownership of the facts that, wait a minute. What part of that's right. I taught you how to treat me like that. I taught you that, that. So now, even when they ask me how I'm doing now, I don't trust it because I'm like, we've built up this dynamic where the only time I hear from you is when you need something. So now when you ask me how I'm doing now, I'm like, Oh, there must be some favor attached to it. And I created that dynamic. So listeners, it's okay. One, not to be okay. But number two, when people ask you how you're doing and you keep shutting them down and slamming the door and, and emotionally bottling that up, eventually what's going to happen is people are going to stop asking. And then when you show up, like you're so strong and you're so get together and what have you, and all they're asking you for is to borrow from your strength, you have to recognize that you played a part in facilitating that dynamic, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it does. And I think in particular with my one friend, that was the dynamics for so long. I taught them that that was okay. And then when it got to the place where I wasn't okay, I think it was like a freak out because you don't really know how to show up for that person, right? Now, granted, we were able to come back around that and talk through it. So we un- I understood better why that was the response. But at the same time, again, I was guilty of that too. I've been teaching people, I'm the strong one, I'm the go-to, I'm this. And a lot of times we do that because we're scared, again, of being vulnerable, right? We're scared of, well, if I'm not this, again, how am I going to be received? What is my new role if I'm not that go-to person all the time? Because and it, how can I call myself a therapist? And how exactly. can I call myself an expert? And how can I, you know, yeah. all of a sudden there's this imposter syndrome that steeps in. How can I be the go-to person if I need someone to go to? But no matter who the person is, as you said, we're all human <laughs> and we have the right to experience the full range of human emotion, regardless of how they make it feel. Like, like I love the way Lauren put that. It's not that the emotions are good or bad. It's their indicators. They're things that tell us, you know, Hey, pay attention to this or Hey, this is, is, is making us feel negatively or, or making us act out in certain ways. And so all they are are indicators and we have to be the ones to manage that process. 
So Lauren, dang, you didn't drop dimes. This is probably the <laughs> longest therapeutic. I feel like I've had a session. Y'all, y'all better praise God for this free therapy, but I, I won't, I won't Lauren to get paid. Um, so Lauren, are you still taking clients right now? Because I know some people, are, their, their decks are full. Are you still open to accepting clients at this time? Yeah. So I know my particular caseload is, is getting up there, but we have three other therapists that work at my practice too, that are open to seeing clients. So we are definitely still taking clients virtually, of course. Of course. Um, so you can find us at cultivateyouressence.com. That's the name of the practice. We're typically located on the South Loop of Chicago, um, right over in the Roosevelt Connection area, if you guys are familiar with that. But we take clients, we take all the major insurances, and we offer um, sliding scales because we also recognize during this time period, people want the services but may not be able to fully pay. So we make sure that we can try to accommodate as best as possible. So cultivate your essence, people. You know, one of the reasons why I keep bringing therapists on this show, and I know I'm going to zing. I talked to Lauren about this. It's been all women. She finally pointed me in the direction of a man, and I'm going to reach out to him <laughs> and see if he's willing to come on this show. But I think that for so many years, we were conditioned to believe that this type of help was not available for us, mm -hmm. that this type of help was not accessible for us. And it is. And Lauren, like every other therapist that has come on this show, will tell you the harvest is great, baby. Yeah. Um, there is no shortage of our people in need of some support. And I just, I can't tell you, I remember... I'm coming up on a year with my current therapist and I thought it was going to be, you know, a couple, two, three sessions and I'd be, you know, off to the races. And now it's like, that's a permanent bill. Girl, I got to wear press on nails so I can afford my therapist. Cause I'm like, Oh, I can't be running off to the, to the Manny Petty. I, I have to keep um, this woman in, in rotation for a while because I had been suppressing so much for so long. And there's just still so much, to work through. And so if Lauren is making those services available and especially in a way that's affordable and accessible to you guys, go ahead and take advantage. Is there anywhere they can find you on social media? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can find us under Cultivate Your Essence on all major platforms. We actually started, um, like I said, the shelter in place support group, which is still going strong today. So you can always join that. If you join the face, um, Facebook community of Cultivate Your Essence, it's within the groups. So we do um, at least two to three Facebook lives and it's all like clinicians and um, wellness coaches as well that come in and provide a lot of coping mechanisms and support in that aspect too. And then also um, just be on the lookout. We're going to be trying to do some more virtual um, wellness um, events online, of course, because meeting in person is just too not safe, <laughs> but we're definitely going to be doing more of those things as well. So, you know, cultivate your essence on all the major platforms and we are definitely here to help and serve as much as possible. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. So listeners, if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, go show Lauren some love over at cultivate your essence, join that Facebook group, just if for no other reason, so that you know that the things that you're feeling during this pandemic, you are not alone. And so she's holding that space, providing a safe space and an outlet for, for people to be able to work through some of the challenges of this pandemic. And it's a free resource. So absolutely take advantage of that. Lauren, thank you so much. And listeners, if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante Says, and I will see you guys next time.